got my props again today. Um, just um, one really interesting thing about um, the, you know, the, the parable of the prodigal son, that story. Um, in Messianic Jewish culture, so that's people who believe that, you know, the cultures and traditions of the Jewish people, but also believe that Jesus was Messiah. Um, they actually call that parable something different. Um, they actually call that parable the parable of the loving father. And, um, and, this, and the, the whole idea is that we're actually supposed to see it from the point of view of the father who loved his son that went off the rails so much that when he come back, he favoured him as if he'd never left. And um, he favoured him so much that, um, that he favoured him over the son that had done everything right. And um, the interesting thing is, is that, um, um, yeah, from the messianic point of view, um, yeah, it was the parable of the loving father. And the, the parable of the loving father, I mean, that's what God is for us, isn't he? He loves us. He favours us. So you have to understand is that whether you see the reality of that today or whether you're still walking um, through what that looks like for you, you are favoured, you are loved, God wants to hang out with you, he's speaking to you even now. And so that's the thing. And so um, I, I wanted to get my props again today. I, I, for those of you that weren't here last, last week, I started a message that was called, uh, a series that was called, What Are You Wearing? Okay, and it was kind of, it's supposed to be said with attitude, so like, mm-hmm, what are you wearing? Like, okay, and my first message was called Hanging Naked in a Garden. Okay, so you'll be, for those of you that weren't here last week, you'll be glad that you weren't there for that prop when I, you know, put the costume on for that. Um, hanging Naked in the Garden, no, that's, uh, but um, for today, and the whole idea behind it was that God's original plan for us was actually to hang Naked in a garden, completely without shame, completely without guilt, not even knowing the difference between good and evil. We were just people, that we're just people hanging out in God's creation, enjoying God's company. Okay, and so that the um, and so the, the main point at the end of it was um, sometimes we wear shame, thinking that we're guilt, that we deserve it. We deserve to wear shame, and we deserve to be ashamed. But God never called us to. To be that, because it wasn't until we um, wasn't until we sinned, it wasn't until we ate from the uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we even knew that we were naked. Before that time, there was no shame, there was no guilt, there was no sin. We didn't even know what it was. Okay, so that's the whole idea: is that if you're wearing shame, God never called you to wear that. He would rather that you were naked. All right. So for today, I love the fact that. Um, the reason that um, we're talking about what are you wearing is that clothing is actually a reoccurring symbol in the Bible. It's a, it's a reoccurring motif. It's something which appears time and time and time again. And when there's a big transition in someone's life, you actually, you, they, either their name changes, so their identity changes, or God gives them something else to wear. It could be something in their hand, it could be a robe, it could be a mantle, it could be something like that. So I wanted to go after one of the... Um, I wanted to go after one of the, the most famous stories in the Bible when it comes to clothing. So famous that they made a Broadway musical about it. Okay. So it's Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing the entire, um, we're going to sing the entire um, Broadway score of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. Unfortunately, um, it's going to be quite small up there. So let's get going. Nice. All right. Thanks. <laughs> There was a joke, it's alright. Um, I, I say things, um, I mean some of them. Alright. 
But the thing is, is that um, for today, this is, this is going to be the first part of a two-part message, because for Joseph, Joseph, um, the, when we see Joseph, what's the thing that we think of? We think of his amazing coat that his father gave, gave him. Hey, so I've got, a, I've, got a, um, I've got a prop. Not that one. Pretty classy, I know, all right? Um, this coat actually has a story behind it. When I was 16 years old, um, so yes, it is supposed to look out of, uh, out of fashion because it was, I don't think it was ever in fashion, to be honest. Um, but this is, my, um, this is my dressing gown, and when I was 16 years old, my mum actually, oh, it could have been 15 actually, my mum took, um, took me to farmers, and it was always a big deal to go to farmers. And um, it was specifically to get a dressing gown. Apparently I was finally of an age where it wasn't okay for me to be wandering around like teenagers do and just whatever's going on. So she got me a dressing gown, which was great. And anyway, she, um, there were all these different options. And um, guess which one was the most expensive dressing gown in the shop? That one. I'll give you a clue. I'm wearing it at the moment, full polar fleece. I've been warm for 20 years as a result of um, as a result of this. But the thing that I think of now and, and nowadays, now that Mum's no longer around, is that it wasn't even a question of whether I could get the most expensive dressing gown in the shop or not. Like that was never even a question. She never even gave me an option. It was just a case of I remember asking for it, and she said, "Of course you can have this. Of course, of course, this is the coat that you can have." And it just so happens to be technicolored. It just so happens to be to look. Something like, but probably not even a little bit, dream coding, okay? Now, when it comes to the story of Joseph, um, there's only actually one coat that we remember Joseph wearing. We remember him wearing the Technicolor dream coat, when there's actually four sets of clothing in a story. He actually wears four different sets of clothing. Um, he wears his coat, which is a father's favour. He wears... The clothes of a servant when he's in the house of Potiphar, so he's got the clothes of a servant. He ends up in prison, he ends up wearing the clothing of a prisoner. And then eventually he actually ends up with the clothing of the king's court. Okay? And for each season in his life, he actually wears clothing which is representative of his favour at that time. Okay? So, there's actually four coats that Joseph had to wear. So in the book of Genesis, we have the story of Joseph, which takes up 13 chapters. That's actually 25% of the entire book of Genesis. Like, there there were actually more chapters given to Joseph's story than there was for the entire creation of the universe. Just a thought. So in the first book of the Bible, the book that establishes the pattern that the rest of the world is going to live by, a full 25% of the story is given just to Joseph's story. Now, I think that's significant. I think that's important. Now, as we all know, when it comes to to, um, particularly heroes in the Old Testament, when it comes to heroes in the Old Testament, quite often the heroes in the Old Testament, whether they were the prophets, whether they were the judges, or whoever they were, whether they were Moses, a lot of the time they represented their own story and the story of rescuing Israel, but they are also a type of Jesus. Okay, so what would happen is that one of the things that would happen to all these heroes in the Old Testament is that their story would actually point 
to Jesus. All right, and I'll give you I'll give you a couple of um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay, Joseph's life is a parallel of Jesus Christ. There's actually over a hundred similarities. Okay, so here's a few. Joseph was loved by the Father. Jesus was loved, beloved by the Father. See, one of the things that we have to understand is that favor. When you have the favor of a loving Father, favor is not actually fear. Favor, by its very definition, means that you are whoever the person who's given you favor is. They've actually they're actually more biased towards you than another person or group of people or whatever. So when Jesus had a father's fa- when Jesus had his father's favor, that meant that he was beloved by the Father. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that actually Jesus gave up his favor, and the fa- and God gave Jesus's favor to us instead. So that means that we actually get to live, work, breathe, stepping into a father's favor. Okay, so that's one of the parallels. Um, another parallel: Joseph was stripped of his coat. Okay, so one of the things that happens in the story is that his brothers actually take his coat off him. And as we all know, we've just come through Easter, that Jesus was actually stripped of his clothing as well. Joseph becomes a servant. Jesus becomes a servant. Joseph was tempted and did not sin. Jesus was tempted and did not sin. Favour and temptation go hand in hand. Joseph was falsely accused. Jesus was falsely accused. Joseph became the the way in which his entire family and entire generation, his entire people group were redeemed. Jesus did exactly the same thing. Okay, so when I say that Joseph is a type of Jesus, that's not to say that he was Jesus, but there's a whole heap of signposts, there's a whole heap of indicators that actually point to Jesus. The hand of God was on Joseph's life. Joseph, instead of using that to destroy those that oppressed him, used it to redeem them instead. And that's the story of Joseph. That's the story of Jesus as well. So Jesus, who was oppressed by people rather than casting them down with the power and the authority and the favor that he had, instead redeemed them for all time. It's, it's important. So for today, I actually wanted to talk about the first two things. So the first two coats that um, Joseph wears. The first is... The coat, his fa- the coat that's representative or symbolic of his father's favour. And then secondly, the coat of a servant. Okay? Because in both places, Joseph was favoured. He had favour. God blessed the work of his hands. Regardless of he was, whether he was in a high place or a low place, God was with him and he favoured him. And if that's true of Joseph, that's true of us as well. So... We're going to go into Genesis 37. So if you've got your Bibles, um, open up to Genesis 37. We'll start in verse 3, okay? See, Joseph was the son that had the multicolored dream coat. And we start off in verse 3. So verse 3. Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the child of his old age. And he made him an elaborately embroidered coat. When his brothers realized that their father loved them more than them, Uh, Their father loved him more than them. They grew to hate him. They wouldn't even speak to him. See, the thing is, is that as Christians, we're favoured by God. He loves us. We have our father's favour. So, but the thing is, is that we choose whether or not we wear our father's favour. We choose whether or not we wear it. Or we can hide it as well. See, um, we choose how we wear our favour or if we wear our favour. 
See, the result, of, um, the result of refusing. So Joseph had a choice. So when he wore his father's coat, what he was doing was he was actually honoring his father for the favor that he'd given him. But as a result of that, he actually hacked off the world. He hacked off like, his world, his, the rest of his family. See, Joseph could have refused. He could have refused to wear the favor of his father. And the result of that would be sameness. He would have been just the same as his, uh, same as his brothers, one of 12 or one of 13. Okay? And he would have been in camouflage, and that would have been the end of his story. Genesis 3, buddy. Verse 3 and 4. See, there's people in our lives when they see the favor of God on us. Have you ever met those people that it doesn't matter what you can do, what you can do right? Well, it doesn't matter what you do. There's nothing that you can do right to please them, to, um, to make them happy. As a result of they see God on your life and they're unhappy that God's favor is on you. See, the first coat that Joseph had to wear was the coat of favor, given, in, given to him by his father as the favorite son. But his brothers stripped him of that coat. Okay. So, Genesis 37, verse 23 and 24. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. We choose how we wear our favor. We choose if we wear our favor. But the thing is, is that Favor will propel us into places, but it's actually our character and how we react to situations that will keep us there. So favor will propel us. It'll give us opportunities. We'll have opportunities to step into things that other people wouldn't be able to step into. But it's actually our character that keeps us here. So this is the way that Joseph... Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in the pit like Joseph was, I'm sure I would have had those moments where I would have gone, I'm going to get those guys back. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to pay them back, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I'm going to get them. But actually, that's not the story of Joseph. That's not what he does. So, Joseph gets stripped of his coat, right? Now, let's remember, this coat, the coat that he had, was just a symbol of his father's favour. And his brothers, those that were against him, wanted to strip him of that favour. Now, if... This is just a symbol of his father's favor, and his brothers strip him of favor, right? So let's... Does he still have his father's favor? Yes. Absolutely. See, the world can try and tear the favor of God off you, and can try and encourage you not to wear your father's favor, but regardless of whether you wear it or not, you are favored by God. Israel, Israel or Jacob's love towards Joseph didn't change. His identity didn't change. Even the amount of favor that he had didn't change, regardless of where, whether he was wearing the coat or not. He was still favored by his father. He still had favor on his life. So for some of us, some of us, we know that God loves us. We know that God favors us, but sometimes we choose not to wear that coat. Regardless, God still favors you. Regardless, God still loves you. Regardless, you are loved and favoured by God. It doesn't matter what the world says to you. It doesn't matter what the world tries to, um, tries to force you to wear. Whether it's a label, whether it's an attitude, whether it's an identity thing. You are still loved and favoured by God. So regardless of what you're wearing, 
You can choose whether or not to believe the truth that God loves you and he favours you. He's biased towards you. You're one of his kids. Okay? So this is the thing. Is that we choose how we wear our favour. So, okay, so Joseph's in the pit now. His coat's been stripped off him. Is he still favoured in the pit? Does his father still favour him in the pit? Yep, absolutely, for sure. And so the great thing is, is that because his father favoured him, because God favoured him, um, even in the next phase of his life, which, where he went from having the um, father's favour, he moved on to wearing the, favor, uh, wearing the coat of a servant. Now, I had to read through, um, I had to read through um, you know, so Joseph was sold into slavery. That's what his brothers decided to do for him. He was sold into slavery, and as a result, he ended up in this Egyptian's house named Potiphar. Okay, he was actually an Egyptian general. So he was, a, so he was a general. So he was actually one of the top guys in the country. Um, and so, what happened? And as I read through this, I actually kind of realised that Joseph wasn't actually really a slave. He was, well, he was a slave, but he was a servant. So Jacob or Israel was a farmer. The best clothing that. That he would, um, the best clothing that he'd be able to give, the absolute best, would be embroidered coats and things like that. But he's now living in the household of a general, and so the clothing that he actually wears is actually probably even more outrageous or more um, more incredible than even that first coat, the, the coat of the father. And it's actually really interesting because in those times, in the context of the um, Egyptians. What would happen is that part of showing your wealth in the Egyptian culture was to actually, like, deck out your servants. Like, you'd deck them out, like, amazingly. So you see in the, um, you see in the, um, you know, in the TV programs and stuff, like, you know, the servant, the household servants, and they'll, they'll be in just, like, a wee linen ephod. That wasn't actually necessarily true. It would be that and jewellery and gold and, like, the servants would be blinged out. Okay. And I had a wee three through um, the coat of a, the, you know, so there's the servant's coat that he wears. And I realised a couple of things. One, is that the coat of a servant, like, depending on where you are, could actually be, like, amazing. Um, the second thing is, is that Joseph actually had to choose to wear the coat of a servant. And he actually found favour in Potiphar's house. So, for me, I was sort of reading through it, and we'll read through it in just a minute, but this is what I sort of realised. Most of us in this room, we actually we actually have servants. Oh, sorry. For most of us in our room, we actually have a master. We have masters, don't we? There's things that we, we wake up every day and we go somewhere where we spend most of our life. We have a master that we're actually in. So that's like that could be our workplace. That could be our um, that could be our family. That could be sports. It could be whatever. We actually live in the world. So when we talk about the the, um, the what Joseph wore in here. Our, our equivalent is what we do for eight hours a day. We sell our time so that we might live. And so that's our job. So this is my job clothing. Okay, this is what I wear as a teacher. I wouldn't normally wear jeans. Um, for some reason, males aren't allowed to wear jeans, but females are. Um, which is strange. Um, but 
In our workplace, we have favour. Well, see, we can put on the clothing of God. We put on the clothing that God's given us. We can put on the favour that God's given us. And we can actually step into our workplace, that place that we have influence, that place that we have, um, that, that place where we, we are able to impact those around us. And we actually choose whether we wear our favour in our workplace. See, I don't know about you, but I've had jobs before where my attitude's been really stink because I hated the job. Like, least favourite job ever, check out check. Absolutely, absolute least favourite job ever was I, was I was a checkout check for a long time. Uh, for, yeah, for longer than I wanted to be. And I had the worst attitude about it. And it wasn't until I was a bit older I realised that actually if I'd had a great attitude about where I was and where God had placed me in that time, I could have actually changed that place for the better. And instead I actually become part of the, instead I actually become part of the problem. So here we go. So this is, um, this is Joseph in Potiphar's house, okay? See, if we, fe- if we wear our favour well, our workplace is blessed by our presence. Um, the people are best blessed by our presence, our attitude. Because the thing is, is that if we wear the favour of God well in our lives, it actually spills over into those around us. So here we go. So Genesis 39 verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. So even as a slave, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. It's quite a weird thing to say about a slave. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. So Potiphar, non, Potiphar is someone who didn't believe in God, who believed in a different set of gods, could see that the Lord was with him, recognized God's favor on his life. See, the thing is, is that people will recognize that God's favor is on our life if we wear it well. And even Jesus, Jesus, when just, um, when it talked about Jesus growing up, it said Jesus grew in favour with God and with man. Now, I think the thing is, is that we can have the favour of God and we can have the favour of man. We just always need to be really aware and 100% aware of the fact that, um, 100% aware of the fact that the favour of God is more important than the favour of man. All right. So, saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. See, as Christians, we're called to be influencers. And so this is Potiphar's response. He could recognize the favor of God in his life. He could recognize that whatever Joseph did would um, multiply in his hand. And so Potiphar did something that was quite wise. I always liked Potiphar, like his attitude towards us. So what Potiphar did was, then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake so God will bless our workplace for our sake our favour becomes other people's favour and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field thus he left all that he had this is Potiphar in Joseph's hand And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. See, when people favour us, when you have the favour of man, they trust you with things. It's worthwhile connecting with people so that they trust you because then what you say, um, people will listen to. So as Christians, what we need to do is we need to, part of us wearing our favour as a servant, part of us wearing our favour in um, the workplace is to be trustworthy. Because then when we share truth to people, they'll hear and believe. 
See, what does favour look like in the workplace? It looks like success. It looks like social invitations. It looks like opportunity. But as we all know, some opportunities aren't good for us. Some doors are not supposed to be walked through. Um, Some opportunities and invitations that we have will actually lead us away from God rather than to God. Okay? So two things that happen, uh, there's a couple of things that happen. One thing is that favour and temptation go hand in hand. The more favour you have, the more opportunities you have, the more pathways you have, the more doorways you have. Some of the doorways will be good, some of the choices will be good, some of the choices won't be. So this is where we go in here. So Joseph is rocking Potiphar's house. Everything's, everything's um, going well. Everything is blessed. Now, as you guys know, favour is attractive. When, when someone's life is going, uh, going really well and they wear favour well, you'll, people want to be around them. They want to hang out with them. They want to be with them. And so it says at the end of this, um, verse, now, uh, this passage, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay, So when we wear favour well, when we know who we are, when we know whose we are, when we know what we walk in and the identity and the confidence that we have, um, it's actually attractive to other people. So it gives us opportunities. The problem is, is with great power comes great responsibility. Favour and opportunity looks like favour and temptation sometimes. So the thing is, is that Joseph had to make, uh, as we all know, as we know the story, um, Potiphar's wife has a look at Joseph and goes, yeah, he's all right. He goes, okay, he's an attractive and handsome man. And so Joseph had to make a really difficult decision, and this is that. Genesis 39, verse 11. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were inside that she, that's Potiphar's wife, caught him by the garment, saying, lie with me. Okay? But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that she had, uh, he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and she spoke to them, saying, see, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He come in to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it happened. When he heard that I lift my voice and cried out, then he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke with him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. Not every opportunity is going to be a good opportunity. Sometimes a good, sometimes opportunity looks like temptation. James, can I get you to stand up here just for a minute? I really don't want you to. It would be really super awkward, buddy. Let's pretend James is an attractive woman. Not much of a stretch. We should have got a dress. No, that wouldn't be okay. No, please don't. <laughs> this is temptation. So he's an attractive, attractive person. If you wanted to put it in a slightly different context, if that context doesn't work for you, this is an opportunity that would draw you away from God. This is something that um, looks good from the outside, but if you were to partake in it, it would actually destroy you and destroy your father's favour. I love what um, Joseph does in this situation. So he's got this temptation, right? 
In fact, um, he's got this temptation. And it said... She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. So she saw Joseph. She looked at him. She decided she wanted him. She tried to take him and then she was going to share a sin with Okay, so here we go. So this is what happens. This is, this is, a, great, um, this is a great example of um, how we should deal with temptation. So I'm wearing my servant's favor. Hey, James, how's it going? Yo. <laughs> so you're going to grab it? So there's temptation that happens. Now, Joseph's first response isn't to reason with that. Joseph's first response isn't to stay there and hang out and try and talk it through. Joseph's response isn't to stay there and remain serving the source of temptation. What Joseph did was like, I'm out of here. And he fled. As a result of that, he lost his master's favor. Okay? He lost his master's favor because of false accusation, because of, um, because of the way that it was perceived. He lost his master's favor, so he lost his favor with men. Does Joseph still have his father's favor? Yes. Was Joseph still honorable? Yes. Was Joseph, is jo- does Joseph, is Joseph still walking in the favor that his father given him, regardless of what he's wearing? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is the deal. This is where we're gonna. This is where we're gonna finish. Sometimes we need to make a choice between keeping the favor of our father and keeping the favor of our master, like whatever whatever the world is for us. So either the favor of God or the favor of man. See, if we try to keep the favor of man, we actually lose the favor of God. But if we run from the favor of if we run from the favor of man, if we can't if we can't make the decision between the two, we still keep the favor of God. And at the end of the day, that's more important. Regardless of our circumstance, regardless of what situation we find ourselves in. See, the thing is, is that Joseph, even though he made the unpopular choice, he made the right choice and he kept integrity. And he actually kept the integrity of a whole range of people in the story. He kept the integrity of himself. He kept the integrity of his father. See, the thing is, is he was a foreigner in a foreign land. He could have done whatever and no one would have ever known. He would have gone back to the people who cared and they wouldn't have known. Only he would have known. But he kept his own integrity. He kept the integrity of his father's favour for him. He kept Potiphar's integrity. So as a result of making the good choice, even though it wasn't the popular choice at the time, even though it had consequences, he actually kept the integrity of Potiphar. And actually, he kept the integrity of Potiphar's wife as well. So in a time where she wasn't able to choose the right decision, where she wasn't able to... um, she She was tempted. He actually distanced himself from her, and that actually kept her on her as well. The world wants what we have. We're, attra- we're, attract- we're attractive to the world. We just need to be really careful that we don't seek the favor of man over the favor of God. Okay? The coat, the code of, uh, the code of um, pleasing man or favoring man can't be more important than pleasing the Father. All right? Now, the interesting thing is, is that 
She wanted to strip him of his, ser- uh, of his servant's coat, so he had to leave the coat behind. He had to leave his favour behind. Potiphar's wife lied to him, and he believed her. Oh, Potiphar's wife lied to Potiphar, and he believed her instead of Joseph. So Joseph actually ended up in prison. He ended up in a worse position than he was before. He was stripped of his coat of favour by his brothers, and now he's been stripped of his servant's coat by Potiphar's wife. And now he's going to prison to wear the coat of false accusations. So favour under pressure. Now I just want you to remember that what people say about us is not as important as what God says about us. Amen? So temptation always comes to us when we are low and God seems slow. See, the thing is, is that when life is successful, it's quite often harder to walk in the favour of God, to walk in the way that God wants us to walk because life is going well. It's easy to not need God when we don't need God. It's easy to not connect with God when we don't need God. But that's what temptation does to us. See, the thing is, is that if, we, if the devil can't destroy us, he'll distract us instead. And what seems good for a season, what seems good for a moment, can actually have consequences in the long term. So I guess all that I'm really saying is that there's two, um, there's two things, two coats that we've had today. There's two places there, two types of favour that we can seek. We can either seek the Father's favour or we can seek the favour of man. And there are actually times where if we seek the Father's favour, we get the favour of man anyway. If we seek just the favour of man, then the favour of the Father doesn't necessarily come with it. So this is my thought. The favour of God is on you. It's guaranteed. So remember, not, um, not 30 chapters before, we'd, uh, less than 30 chapters before, we'd just been kicked out of the garden for doing the one thing that God told us not to do. And now he's giving us an example of someone that is keeping and following his father's favour. A, a type of Christ that shows that that, um, the source, that was the source of oppression becomes the source of redemption. So he's giving us a type of Jesus. He's pointing the way to Jesus. Danny Silk says, um, who's from Bethel Church, or was from Bethel Church, says, you know, has this really great message that talks about following your favour. There's places that God wants you to go, and if you follow the favour that God has on your life, it's like a compass. It's something you, can, you know what doors to walk through, you know what doors to run from. You have the favour of the Father today, whether you know it or not, whether you wear it or whether you hide it. Regardless, you have the favor, uh, the favor of the Father. You also have the servant's favor upon you. If you serve other people, um, you get the Father's favor, uh, the Father's favor as a just as a consequence. But what that means for us is, when we're in the world, we need to understand that we're blessed to be a blessing. And so, my question for you today is that: Well, if you're blessed by God, if you know that you're going to have favor with man. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to wear it? Or are you going to hide it? Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much that these guys, that, um, that these guys are favoured by God. I thank you so much that, um, that they have your favour, that they're the apple of your eye. 
Lord, help us to wear your favour well. As we navigate the world, as we navigate um, situations, as we navigate um, those that would pull us away from you. Lord, help us to walk in the favour that you have for us. Let us, um, let us put the Father's favour higher than the esteem of men. Uh, let us, um, <laughs> let us uh, wear your favour loudly and proudly. Let us be a blessing to those around us in our workplaces, in our families, in our schools. That we would wear your favour, that those that were around us would be able to see us and recognise that your hand is upon us. Lord, I pray that our favour would spill over into those around us and that as a result of that, they would know your name and they would get to know who you are, that they would walk with you all the days of their life. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for these people today. I pray that as we go out today, Lord, I pray that... um, you would help us to wear your favour well. That you would help us to be generous with what we're favoured with. Lord, that we wouldn't hide it under a bushel, that we wouldn't that we wouldn't hoard it, but that we would shine our light and shine your glory. So Lord, thank you for that. Give us the boldness of life. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.